Hey everyone, hope you are all good. So before I go into today's podcast, what I am going to announce is something pretty big. So the Female Fat Loss Program is starting and is launching already for a start date of the 8th of January. So why am I talking about it now really early on? Because I know it's going to sell out. I know the numbers are going to be at a level that we're going to sell out. So why am I offering it to the people who listen to the podcast and the email list first? Because you've been loyal. You because you've been listening to this throughout the rest the rest throughout the whole year, and it's been amazing. And the support has been amazing. So I want to reward you with being given the priority list and the offering of getting jumping in on the female fat loss program starting on the eighth of January, twenty twenty four. So what do you get? You get rid of the all or nothing approach. You get eight weeks of coaching. You get weekly check-ins, you get accountability, you get your own personalized training, whether it's home or gym, or you can do your own training. You get your personalized calories, you get an individualized coach, you get a one-to-one call with me towards the end, you get a Facebook group with like-minded people, you get weekly lives, and you did I say that you get rid of that all-or-nothing mindset? And you also know that you're taken care of in January, that you're not going to do the same silly shit that you normally do excuse my French, but it's not the same city shit that you normally do, which is go full ham and full restriction after eating all the full hams after Christmas. So if you're interested in joining the female fat loss program and getting things right in 2024 and making 2023 the last year that you ever feel like the way you currently do and know that you have the power to reset after Christmas and know that you're in safe hands after Christmas, the price is 99 euro for eight weeks. That is less than €1.80 per day. That's less than your your cup of coffee that you buy probably every single day. So if you are interested in signing up for the Female Fat Loss Program starting on the 8th of January for €99, click on the link in the show notes. If you want more information, drop me a DM or drop me an email and we can have a chat and we can kind of go from there. So it's €99 for eight weeks starting on the 8th of January 2024. Hope to see you there in the Female Fat Loss Program. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Podcast. So today's episode is the second last live that I recorded with my female fat loss group clients, and it is based off something I try to encourage, and it is based off the something that an idea that I've kind of come up with in order to design something that will be easy and relatable for someone to kind of have successful fat loss so i've created a successful fat loss pyramid so i had a presentation and i put it up onto the to the group and presented it to them so if it is in in any way lost in translation from going from a video and talking about a diagram to the podcast i sincerely apologize but i wanted to share with you what that image is and what the contents of it are the content contents of it matter more but i know some people like myself who will be more of a visual person and get an idea and need to see things in order to understand it so hopefully you enjoy the episode as always please tag review up on itunes and up on spotify wherever you listen to your podcast hope you guys enjoy the episode hey everyone so what we are going to talk about today is kind of what's what the main goal should be when you are trying to lose fat, which is to be successful. And success means different things for different people. 
it means losing weight as quick as possible, or it generally means fix your all or nothing mindset, or it means keeping the weight off once and for all. So it's whatever the person feels like, because there will be times when people are trying to get ready for a holiday and they do a six or eight week cut or a shred or whatever they want to call it. Or there will be people who want to, who are getting ready for a wedding. So I know that there are people getting ready for weddings in this group. And the best thing with the wedding is you're, you're, <clears throat> you're giving yourself the enough time to get ready for it because doing a short-term wedding uh, diet is really not helpful for a lot of people. So this is a successful fat loss pyramid um, that I have tried to create, okay? So what I'm going to talk about in it is think of fat loss as something like a house, okay? So when you build a house, the most important step is to build a foundation. So more often than not, when people are trying to lose weight, they try to build a foundation on matchsticks or of matchsticks. And then they wouldn't, and that's restriction, that's chaotic mind, that's food restriction, food rules, overindulgence, emotional eating, numbing, stress eating, all these different things. But they never really hone in on what's important. But if you look at what a proper house is, it has proper foundations, and then they bring in the walls, then they bring in the doors and the windows and they fit it out because they go step by step. But because weight loss and how we look as a as a whole, as a whole entity, is such an emotional piece and a whole emotional jigsaw, should I say, because we're ultimately trying to control what other people are thinking of us in one way, it's really, really important to look at it from a point of view of what the actual pyramid looks like. So I've got a picture here of a fat loss pyramid. So if you think of a triangle for yourself, the bottom of it is your habits and your mindset. So that's the most important thing when it comes to the way the, the successful fat loss pyramid. And I'm going to go through each one of these and what they actually mean. Okay. The next most important thing is the belief and identity around things that you believe. Okay. And how you identify yourself. The next thing up is your stress, sleep, and alcohol. The next thing up is your daily movement. The next thing is your nutrition. The next at the top of that pyramid is your training. Now, a lot of people will think that this should be the other way around. But for successful long-term fat loss, it needs to be this way. Because what most people try to do is they try to, and I'll talk about this in a second, or a little while is when most people try to lose weight, what's the first thing they do try to do? Think of what you do every January when you're trying to lose weight. It's the first thing you do is increase your exercise. But we never ever any, we never ever adapt any of these, or we never change any of your habits or your mindset or your beliefs and your identities. We don't look at why we're stressed. We don't look at why we can't sleep. We don't look at why we use alcohol as a numbing tool. We don't focus on our movement. So we need to look at each one of these as a, as a really, really important piece. Because if we don't have a solid foundation around your habits and your mindset, that house that you tried to build on will fall down. And the higher you want to build, the, 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 the deeper and the stronger the foundation must be, which is why foundations are really, really, the, the need to be really, really hung into you. And these same principles ultimately apply to weight loss. Without that right foundation, weight loss crumbles. And then we beat ourselves up that we can't do it, that we're too old. Though I'm an emotional leader, I'm a stress leader, 
all these kind of different things. And ultimately, I do believe that losing weight by focusing on food and exercise is like building your house on sand. It doesn't end very well. They may look, you may get quick results really quickly for a short while, but they never last. So if you're looking to keep the weight off, this is the this is the the lie for you. If you're looking to look for a quick fix, this isn't the lie for you. So it depends on where your headspace is at. And this could also me be why so many this could also explain why so many people lose weight but end up gaining it back again. Okay. So the most important one here is is kind of is around the, the habits and the mindset. Okay. So we're going to look at it now. So the habits and mindset. So the fitness industry as a whole tends to kind of like prey on emotions, prey on the kind of like emotions of how we look and that we should look a certain way to fit into society and stuff like that. So what it doesn't tell you is that your habits and belief systems are ultimately what play the biggest factor and why you do things and why you believe certain things around things. The biggest influence over your weight isn't what you eat or how much you actually exercise. It's why you eat, what you do and exercise, how you do, which comes down ultimately to your habits. Okay. You need to understand why you do things. Why do you stress eat? Why do you numb with food? Why do you do certain things? Maybe with self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging behaviors. There's no point in saying I, I'm someone who self-sabotages without knowing why you do it. Because I don't believe many people self-sabotage their weight loss. I believe it's a sentence they've heard in order to wait to justify and control the outcome at the very end or justify the actions to themselves. So in order to say about self-sabotage, you need to understand why you do it. So you need to come up with an actual proper reason of why you don't believe that you are worthy of your goal. An actual fact that you are not worthy of your goal. Yes, there can be things that you may not feel you're worthy of your goal, which can be self-worth or self-esteem. And in that case, therapy is probably the place for someone. But it also could be based off a fallacy that you haven't got enough willpower or enough motivation. And most people, when there's when, where they go wrong, is they rely on willpower and motivation in order to stick to things. But you're not going to stick to something that's restrictive. That's just not going to happen. It never works. And they feel that they have to have motivation. They need to have willpower. They need to have everything going well for them in order to be able to see successful follows. The biggest difference I can see with my clients who have successful fat loss are the ones that accept that there will be weeks and days that don't go according to where they want to go and knowing that the ones that make the difference are those weeks. But they also know that they have the tools in their arsenal if they wish to execute them to reset if they wish. Everyone has a choice in how we react. Everyone has a choice in how we react to a certain thing or an event or a weekend we choose to derail ourselves it's never the night out it's never the meal out it's never the drinks that derail us it's what we do next that derails us that continuous action in a in a certain form or a certain way so if you want to experience long-term weight loss you must address your habits 
you may must look at why maybe you gained weight in the first place. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe it's numbing. Maybe it's emotional eating. Maybe it's lack of exercise. Maybe there was a bereavement in the family, grief or trauma in your life. And that way you can identify it as well. If you change your habits, watch things change. And there's seven habits for effective weight loss, okay? So a few of these I have done on a previous episode as well, I think already. So the first one that we talk about is stop comparing yourself, all right? So no one actually generally cares what you do on a daily basis. Generally. No one cares. You're not thinking in your head, oh, I wonder what Shane's doing right now. I wonder what he's having for food. I wonder if he's going training today. I wonder if he's going for a walk today. I wonder if he's stressed. I wonder if he's sleeping. They're the kind of things that people will think about. And one of the biggest something blocks to weight loss is worrying about what other people think of me. And I've walked this walk and talked this talk. I've been to therapy for this. No one gives a shit. And this habit stems from the fear of judgment we want to be loved and we want to be accepted by others that's a human need and a human nature and many people are afraid of being ridiculed or laughed at gossiped about and being rejected so they spend time adapting or modifying what they do on a daily basis in order to fit in and they feel that if they fail at a diet other people will care they feel that oh she's on another diet or he's on another diet or they are on another diet they feel that people will judge themselves for, for being weak or oh, here, she, here she goes again. And in short, people become people pleasers because they start, care so much of what other people think. But the irony behind people pleasing it is it's more about what you want than what the other person wants. So people pleasing is actually a selfish act. So people pleasing, you get more out of the action than the other person does. So say if you're doing a favor for someone, that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. So you get something out of it, not the other person. Yes, they got the action out of it and they might manipulate things to try and do it, which is fine, but that's their issue. But you get something out of it too. In order to really, really look at like why you you like you say yes to friends all the time, you got you maybe you don't really want to go out for that lunch with your mates or have those drinks. Oh, they made me do it. They didn't make you do anything. Take a little bit of ownership about things. And then people make themselves kind of like unaccountable to other people as well. So learn to put yourself first. This is one of the biggest things that I think parents can struggle with the most, Particular, particularly Irish mammies can really, really struggle with this. I don't think it's a fault, but I do think there is a little, an element of a flaw to it because it's almost like a badge of honor that we're going to put everyone else first. Or it could be something that could be grief or trauma in our lives earlier where we think we have to do everything for everyone in order to fit into that society where we're trying to find our place as an identity to it. There's nothing wrong with trying to help people or being kind to people. It actually takes more effort to be an asshole, to be honest with you. But, but continually, continuously putting other people's needs before your own becomes a problem when it becomes more of a thing about your mental health and becomes like health issues. And then you say, I haven't got time, or you have all these different kind of reasons for not doing something. But the reason why we don't have time is maybe it's not that we don't have time. It's more that we aren't that, that action or we're not a priority. 
that could be a factor as well. That we don't prioritize sleep. We don't prioritize maybe making an extra dinner or an extra portion so we have lunch sort of for the next day. But I guarantee if your kids knocked on your door saying they need a lunch the next day, you drop everything, you put your phone down and stop scrolling. And then that adds more to your, your stress. It adds more to your sleep. You tend to use alcohol, maybe or food as a way to kind of deal with that. So you put your, you don't put yourself first because ultimately it could be that you don't believe you're, you're worthy of, of putting yourself first. But that's been taught to you or you've created that method for yourself to fit in. And remember, other people around you, the little people that you may be raising are watching that and saying it's okay to be a people pleaser. So you may have mimicked something off your parents. And that could be what's having detrimental effects on your mental health and your health. Focus on your own journey instead of comparing yourself to other people. Everyone will go at different paces. Everyone in this group is on a different journey. We've got clients losing measurements and weight like there's no tomorrow. We've got clients who are having wins like there's no tomorrow with their their headspaces, their changes, etc. And then we've got other clients who are maybe a little bit slower with the weight loss, but they feel in control for the very first time around food. So that's why every single person on that in this group is on a very, very different journey. It's not about a copy and paste job per, for a client. That's why we try to make it as individualized as, as possible when we're looking at your check-ins. But we end up sabotaging ourselves by almost looking at what other people are doing. If you notice in the group, I haven't once shared who's lost the most amount of weight or it's the, not the biggest loser, which is a program. It's not about that. It's about who's showing up for themselves more often, who's had more wins, who's had more mindset changes because it's focusing on the individual, not what other people are doing. That's why in some groups I've had people send in pictures of food and that's why other groups I haven't because I've had to read the room so I can see who, who may trigger people and who I can see and might not trigger people. You need to accept that weight loss is a process and drop that kind of like diet mindset. And the diet mindset is ultimately strongly linked to that immediate results of self-esteem, lacks of flexibility, that rigid thinking, deprivation, restriction mindset. And it's been cultivated from the diet industry. Quick and fast doesn't end well. It's not enjoyment for anyone. And anyone who's ever been on a diet can relate to that belief that you need to deprive yourself in order to get things. But the one thing that I pride myself on with my clients is that you guys are encouraged to have chocolate on a daily basis. You're encouraged to have carbs on a daily basis. You're encouraged to have fats on a daily basis. You're encouraged to include things in your life than restrict things. And it makes your life easier. My job is to make it easier for you not to add more to your stress or the woes that may be going on. And the diet mindset will ultimately cause you to feel guilty about eating or taking that all or nothing approach. And when you can't match up to that, it knocks onto your self-esteem. And then it knocks onto like, I must do this to fit in. I must do this to get accepted by other people. And that's where that comparison comes in. That's where that fallacy of I'm not good enough comes in. That's where that self-esteem comes in. That's where that people-pleasing comes in. So it's all linked. Okay. Then we need to look at it from control, what you can control. Okay. 
as humans, we feel that need that we need to control all outcomes. Some people have it heightened, more heightened than other people. Some people have it less heightened than other people. Being in control keeps an awful lot, a lot of us safe. It keeps us, it stops us worrying, helps predicts the outcome, the future, and it protects us from something bad happening to us. Okay. There's a lot of things that we try to control, which is maybe the food, but it's never about the food. We try to control what the scale says, but it's not about the scales. It's those two things are heavily linked to control in other areas, caring what other people think. We feel that if we're seen to be, maybe we're not feeling great about ourselves, or we may identify as the person who's maybe overweight. And then we go out for a restaurant and we go out for a dinner and we were going to order the pizza rather than the salad. We feel that other people are going to be watching us as we want to, we want acceptance. Food is such an emotional kind of piece in our lives and a jigsaw in our lives that we feel that we need to kind of be accepted and validated by every people for our action. And we want to be accepted. Like if you're out for a meal, you don't want to be Salad Susan. You don't want to be that person. You like, you have every right, like anyone else to enjoy the food that you want to enjoy. But you cannot control one thing, which is caring. You cannot read everyone else's mind. It's too freaking tiring. Everyone will have an opinion. If you look at any celebrity that's out there, Dua Lipa, I don't know why she's in my head, but there are people who are like her music and there are people who don't like her music. There'll be people who like her personality and don't like her personality. But she's really, really famous. So she's really famous and everyone else is allowed to have an opinion. You probably have an opinion on her right now. But do you think she really cares? Like everyone's going to have an opinion on something. Everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different tastes. You can only control one thing. It's how you react. It's how you handle the situation. And you have power to change that. So when you say someone else made me do this, no, they didn't. No one went into it with the fork and the airplane into your mouth and made you eat anything. You felt like you needed to be accepted or validated and you wanted that acceptance piece with your friends and you want to be the odd one out. That's what it's linked back to. It takes more focus action regarding what you want to do and being clear on what you want to do. But it's also taking a massive piece of ownership around things. Believe that you are worthy. A lot of people can struggle with this worthlessness feeling that a lot of people may have and maybe not feeling confident in yourself or in your body or in your skin or in your clothes can have this impact on how we look and how we perceive. We don't believe we're worthy in investing in ourselves. We don't believe that we deserve to get out of our comfort zone. We people please like there's no tomorrow and we use food or alcohol in order to fill that void inside you. But food's not going to fill avoid it's just going to fill some an empty space in your stomach or in your emotions but it's not going to fill the void of an emotional want you cannot fill food with an emotion or sorry the other way around you cannot fill an emotion with food aim for the c word not the p word aim for consistency not perfection okay so consistency will look different things to different people and perfection will look like different things to different people but perfection is this fallacy that you are, you, you can't accept the inability that you may not, that you are human, that you're allowed to make mistakes, that you will make mistakes because you will. 
And weight loss doesn't go down like in a straight arrow like this. It's not what happens. It goes up and down like a, like a heart rate monitor. But you don't get upset when your heart rate goes up and down. If your heart rate didn't go up and down, you'd be dead. So why do you get annoyed with the scales? Why do we get annoyed when we overeat? A big thing that people can forget sometimes is when people are saying stopping emotional eating or stopping stress eating, it doesn't stop full stop. It reduces it because you're aware of why you do things. There will be times you overeat. There will be times you undereat, but it's knowing that you have full credit and full control of what you do with the next reaction you choose. Okay, so aiming for consistency, not perfection. It's like when you're saving for a mortgage or a loan. There will be times you save more and there will be, there will be times where you may save less, but it's all going in one direction. The compound effect is a great example. Okay, that's a compound affecting over time. Okay, so the bonus one is you need to get some sleep and to manage your stress. Okay, so we look at now kind of like the limiting beliefs and identity piece. You need to look at the limiting beliefs that you have. And limiting beliefs are false thoughts or opinions that you, have, that you may believe to be truth. But if you actually write anything out about yourself right now and actually put it into a column two pieces of, on one piece of paper in two columns, one side fact, one side opinion, and write out the belief system that you have about yourself. Which column is it going to fit into? My guess is it's probably going to be opinion. 99.9% .9 of the stuff that we believe is an opinion. We may feel like something, but that's not an opinion. I'm sorry, that's not a fact. That's an opinion. And these can come and stem from family that we grew up with. It could be that we feel that we have to match up to a certain societal expectations or we are pressured as a kid to do something, or there might be grief or trauma that happened to us earlier in life. So we need to do this in order to control that outcome, or we need to do this to be getting other people's opinions. If I don't have a successful career, my parents won't love me. So think of it that way. So examples are, I'm an emotional leader. You're not an emotional leader. You're someone who eats emotionally, but you're not an emotional leader. We all eat emotionally. Christmas, birthdays, any holidays, you eat emotionally. But emotions aren't a bad thing. I'm too old. For what? You're kind of like, for what? You're not too old to, to do anything. You're not too old to lose weight. Metabolism doesn't really slow down until you're 60. And it's even then, it's only by 0.6%. So it still can happen. I've got clients in my 70s and 80s. I have a video on my phone of the gym I used to work in, of one of my clients. I think she was 78 at the time. And she came into me looking for confidence. She just came into me to learn how to use the gym. She actually nailed it. She wasn't old. She's probably younger in mind than most people in that gym, but so, so content. Because she was there doing what she wanted, not living what she thought everyone else wants. She was doing that for her health and for her grandkids and her kids. I'm a yo-yo dieter. Are you a yo-yo dieter? Or are you someone who's just a little bit lost with food? But the paraphrasing matters a lot. But the more you repeat these sentences, the more you start to believe the actual things. And there you reinforce that by that. I'm going to act like that person. It gives us justification for acting like that person. Then we look at the sleep, stress, and booze. 
These make it harder for not for the reasons you think. Is it possible to lose weight by drinking alcohol? Yes. Is it possible to be stressed to the absolute max and lose weight? Yes. Is it advised? No. Is it possible to lose weight and have shit sleep? Yes. Is it advised? No. If your sleep is crap, it will be harder. It will be up to your mood. You'll have crap energy. So do an audit on what you were doing for the last two hours before you go to bed. Are you on your phone? Are you on your laptop? Are you watching TV, trying to eat, trying to pet the dog, trying to feed the kids, trying to, I don't know, buy something for Christmas presents all at the same time? So no wonder your brain can't turn off. Then there's some studies like when the first thing that people do in the mornings is they look at their phones and it's like 300 newspapers worth of information we take in first thing in the morning. No wonder we're stressed straight away. Our stress is higher in the mornings than in the evenings. But most people are so wired to the moon because they won't put their beck and phones away. And they can't turn off properly because they have no boundaries. And they get stressed and we get stressed, our sleep goes to crap. And if we don't get proper sleep, then our mood goes to crap and then we go for alcohol. So that circle goes and it circulates. So like uh, our hunger increases if we don't get sleep. Stress can either increase or decrease depending on the person. And booze can uh, increase the appetite for some people and lose a lack of awareness for other people. So if I was to look at someone right now, I look, all right, what's your sleep like? What's your stress like? If your sleep is crap, life's going to be harder. Yes, there are times at certain stages in your life, like perimenopause, where sleep may be outside of your control and it's managed to get those symptoms under control as best you can. There will also people may have sleep apnea. There will be times where people have other different things kind of going on with sleep where they need to kind of manage it as best they can. But if you've got poor sleep, poor stress, um, and poor relationship with food and uh, with booze, this is all going to be harder. So it's navigating which one can you manage as best you can. Okay. So one thing is I never ever encourage someone to give up drink to lose weight. And that might sound counterintuitive. It doesn't solve the reason why you're drinking in the first place. Are you drinking because your self-worth is low or you want to fit in? Are you drinking to reduce your stress? Are you drinking to avoid something? And the best approach to actually solving the drinking problem is working maybe with the professional as to like to look at why you may have a drinking problem. If alcohol is the only way that you reward yourself or deal with stress, it's a lack of reward systems and it's a lack of stress coping mechanisms. And that's that. this is annoys people when I talk about alcohol. Alcohol is one of those things that people get really, really ratty about. Because they feel they're being judged. I couldn't give a shit what people do with alcohol. But if it impacts your health and your mental health, and it's your only stress reliever, you need to look at different stress relievers. I'm talking from experience. Alcohol will only fill a void for so long. So if you need professional help, please go and get professional help with that stuff. Then there's, we're talking about daily movement. Our bodies are actually designed to move. They're not designed to be sitting at a desk all day. 
it's focusing on getting some sort of movement. So many people are like, well, what's the perfect answer? What's the perfect training split? What should I run, train, tiddlywinks, hit sessions, weightlifting, whatever it may be. What do you enjoy the most? If you're looking to improve your body composition and getting strong, weights. If you prefer running, go for runs. If you want to improve your flexibility, do some flexibility. But daily movement is important. It can help with your headspace. But that I find that when clients stop trying to train to lose weight and actually train for their heads, they get better results. Because they're not seeing it as a negative. Because you're and losing something in order to gain something is it's a bit of a negative. It's a double-edged sword. But then we also look at your nutrition piece. So eating better won't actually help you lose weight. And that might be people like, what are you talking about? Eating better won't help you lose weight because your habits have the biggest influence over your weight. Similarly, by creating a calorie deficit, by under-eating, cutting out food groups, or focus on clean eating will also backfire on you. If your habits aren't steady, if your habits aren't for you, aren't working for you, and you're not clear on your values. Everyone can lose weight. That's fact. Everyone can gain weight. That's fact. But the best approach that I've seen that works for clients is the one that's inclusive. It's like what we're trying to do in society right now. We're trying to be inclusive of everyone. There's going to be a fair few dickheads that try to ruin it for us all, just like slimming clubs and keto Karen and intermittent fasting Ian. But it's whatever approach works for you. Intermittent fasting could work for someone else and it may work or not work for me. But if the big thing, I always ask the question, if the approach that you are taking impacts your relationship with food, it will not work. 100% of the time, it never works. Because of taking out a food group. But as soon as what happens when you come back in, that's why people are freaking out about Christmas. Because they don't know how to deal with abundance. They're so used to restriction. They don't know how to deal with it. They feel lost. They feel isolated. They fear things are going to happen. And they don't know how to deal with the actual, the, 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 the increased calories because they haven't done the stuff on the work on their headspace and their habits and belief system. It's the same each year. And some people can be so lost, they don't know what to do. And it's much harder. And also, we're so addicted to that restriction that we think it's the only way because it's the only thing that's been told to us. Emphasis, I didn't say taught to us, I said told to us. So also think of it this way. Is your, do you want to have the least amount of money to live off or do you want to have the most amount of money to live off and live your life? Think of it like food. You shouldn't be trying to lose weight as quickly as possible if it impacts your relationship with food. You shouldn't be trying to lose weight if it's about eating as little as possible in order to lose weight as quick as possible if your long-term goal is to keep it off. With the training side of things, exercise is important. But it's nowhere as more as important as you think. And the 97-3 weight loss strategy comes to that. Most people, when they try to lose weight, they focus on trying to exercise more. So what exactly what people are going to do 1st of January? You can see it a mile away. 
but that's about three percent of the equation. That's why that three percent is there. The other ninety-seven percent is your habits, your mindset, your belief, your identity, your stress coping mechanisms, your sleep, relationship with alcohol, all those kind of different things, and your awareness. That's the ninety-seven percent. That's what's going to get people to where they want to go long term. And if we're trying to lose weight all the time, something is wrong with the approach. So if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you've been struggling with the weight for a while, you've probably been doing the same thing over and over again. Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Same thing. Most people will blame themselves. I blame willpower, motivation, blame themselves, which will impact your self-worth and self-esteem. And they go in search of this magic bullet that they think will work for them. But rather than actually changing the approach because they're so addicted to that restriction that they think it's the only way, that they can't have those foods. Well, fats, carbs make me fat. Water makes me fat. Veggies make me fat. Salt makes me fat. Oils make me fat. But what the hell is left? If everything makes us fat, what is left? No food in isolation will make you fat. Continue, take continuous effort to lose weight and it takes continuous effort to, to put on weight in whatever method you go or whatever avenue you tend to go. But if your goal is long-term weight loss, you need, to do, you need to stop doing what you've always done and do something different. Because the only way to lose weight and keep it off is to do the opposite of what you currently know. Stop restricting. Have maybe carbs and chocolate each day. Maybe going for a walk for your headspace. Maybe it's managing your sleep. Maybe it's not drinking during the week. Maybe it's learning how to balance your weekends. Maybe it's not banking your calories for the whole day and expecting that you're going to be able to navigate it for the whole evening. Maybe it's stopping skipping meals. Maybe it's actually putting boundaries in place. Maybe it's stopping putting everyone else first. Maybe it's understanding how to train around your cycle. Maybe it's understanding how to increase your appetite, your appetite increases around your cycle. Maybe it's understanding that your metabolism doesn't slow down until you're after 60. But you need to look at what approach will work for you. Because 100%, it's not an ability issue that people have. Yes, there are cases of what obesity, which is not a choice. But it's not an ability issue that people have because you've lost weight before. It's a perspective issue. And that perspective is when we overeat, we judge ourselves against what we think we should be, which is perfect. Therefore, we beat ourselves up and we continue in that action and say, I've self-sabotaged. No, no, that's your way to protect yourself and your way to justify continuing going down the action that you choose to. Because the only thing that you know, or it's the only stress mechanism or coping mechanism that you may have. So once again, weight loss is not an ability issue because you've lost some before. It's a perspective issue when life ramps up. It's a perspective issue when tiredness ramps up, stress ramps up, and other different elements like that. So I'm hoping that makes sense and I will stop recording. Thank you so much for listening to the live recording from Monday's Q&A that I did with the Female Fallas program. If you've enjoyed it at all, 
please do tag, leave a review up on iTunes, pop me a DM and let me know. If you're interested in working with me in the Female Follows program starting on the 8th of January, pop us a DM, we can have a chat to see if it is for you or you can click on the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast.